Grubhub's new growth strategy that has them in hot water. And when you feel like giving up, don't. We're talking how to practice perseverance. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. Hello, welcome back to Working Girl Talk. I feel like it's been a pretty crazy week, just exhausting. It's gone by so fast and it's already the end of January. So the first month of 2020 is done. It's gone. (laughs) So I hope that today's episode can uplift you and inspire you and kind of help you keep going as we've really just hit the ground running in this first month of the year, which is awesome, but can also be exhausting and just a little draining. So I hope that this episode gives you some much needed inspiration, motivation, all those good buzzwords (laughs) that we like to use. So before we get into that, let's dive into this week's headlines. So first story, according to a new report by the San Francisco Chronicle and tweets from a restaurant owner that they shared in the article with some screenshots, Grubhub has been allowing customers to order food from its website, its platform, from restaurants that haven't really even signed up to partner with Grubhub. And the other of these delivery, these food delivery systems are doing the same thing. So even Postmates said in the article that we're a pickup service representing the customer. We're not a delivery service representing the restaurant. There's a big difference. So in their mind, it doesn't really matter. So the tweets were really interesting that caused this whole thing. This woman was tweeting out that she had gotten a call about a delivery that never happened. The guy never got his food and she was like, what? And then she looked on Grubhub and saw that she was listed on there. Even though she does not partner with them, she's not supposed to be listed on their website or on their app. So she was tweeting at them and um, hours after her tweets, Grubhub actually removed her listing for her restaurant and said it only added her because there was high demand for her restaurant. Grubhub actually told The Verge that, quote, starting a couple months ago in select cities across the country, we'll add restaurants to our marketplace when we see local diner demand so the restaurant can receive more orders and revenue from deliveries completed by our drivers. It's our aim to bring the best delivery experience possible while balancing the interests of our diners, restaurants, and drivers and complying with all local laws, regulations, and connection with our business, blah, blah, blah. So in their view, they're thinking, oh, we're helping the business. People that are excited about it, we're, we want to work with them and we want to put them on our app and our platforms. In the article, it said that Grubhub actually plans to list non-partnered restaurants in select markets with the goal of doubling the number of restaurants, restaurants on their platform by the end of this year. And they said that if a restaurant does not want to appear on the platform, it would need to just ask Grubhub to be removed. It's one of those things that these apps, and I've talked about different stories before, that they've had some sketchy things going on that like, yes, that sounds great. Oh, we just want to help the traffic to these restaurants. But if there is that option that people are partnered, then that's weird. If it was just a standalone app and they didn't partner with anyone, then okay, like they just pick restaurants. But I think that's, this is a little concerning just because in that lady situation, she had no idea. Like if a restaurant doesn't know that that's even a thing, then it could potentially look bad for the restaurant. Like that guy that was waiting for his delivery, that could look bad on the restaurant too. It is an interesting viewpoint though, that quote from Postmates in the beginning about like, oh, we're delivery service. Cause technically anyone can walk in and just pick up food for someone else. And it doesn't really matter. So this is a definitely, because it's a new industry, it's kind of hard to navigate what's right, what's wrong. This 
is interesting. I actually don't really know how to feel. I will will say though, I've been on like the opposite end where I've ordered food from the restaurant itself and then a Grubhub or Postmates person delivers it to me and I'm like, what? So that actually happened. I ordered chilies, <laughs> chilies to go, like delivery on the chilies website. And then once I did all the ordering, it was like, this will be taken over by, and I think it was DoorDash, one of them. And then a, like one of those people came and delivered it to me. I was like, oh, like I was doing this on the Chili's site. I didn't know this was an outside thing. So they do have these partnerships. I wish they'd be a little bit more clear about that. And maybe I just missed the fine print somewhere, but it happened to me again with crumble. I'm just <laughs> really eating healthy over here, but I ordered crumble cookies the other night and it was the same thing. I ordered through the crumble app and then they hooked me up with like an external, I think it might've been Postmates or one of them. They hooked me up with that person and I got a text like, I'm on my way. And I actually don't know how that works because all of a sudden I get a text from a number. I'm outside and I'm like, wait, am I supposed to meet you? Like, I didn't really understand because I don't use those, but I guess I do now. I've used it twice unintentionally. So kind of both ways. So there's my side of the story, but this is really interesting. And I guess as this industry evolves, we'll see how it goes and they mentioned that they're following like compliance with laws and regulations. So I don't think they're doing anything wrong necessarily. I think it's just more like business owners need to be aware that this is happening. Next story, Amazon's numbers are in for their last quarter of 2019 and they're touting some big prime subscriber numbers. So they are saying that's one of the main contributors to a very successful holiday season, according to The Verge. So they say they now have over 150 million prime subscribers and that more people joined prime during this fourth quarter of 2019 than any other quarter in the company's history so ever and since its last milestone of 100 million subscribers in 2018 more than 50 million have joined because now they were over their 150 million subscribers so a good year for them the interesting part of this was that the article was kind of saying that like oh and this is really good for them because they have had issues with that whole free shipping thing they actually lose a lot of money in that shipping area. So they had good growth in the retail side in uh, all, lots of good profit, but it said that, but it's Amazon's web service cloud computing division and it's fast growing advertising division, both saw massive revenue jumps, which is great. This is the this is the key line right here. That all helped Amazon offset its growing shipping costs, which jumped to an astronomical $12.9 billion as the company continues to build out its logistics network, yet were not enough of a drag to hurt its profitability. So it, they did so good in all their other areas, it all worked out, but it is interesting to see that how expensive that whole shipping ordeal is as they're trying to navigate how to do that because that is the big drive on why people want to do it. Like, oh, free shipping, prime. As of right now, they're good. But I think as they go on, they'll figure out more ways to make it a little more sustainable, maybe not maybe more cost-effective. Next story, this week, a U.S. district judge shot down Peloton's counter lawsuit against some music publishers who claimed that the fitness company violated rights to use select artist music in its workout videos. This story is kind of complicated, so I'm just going to try to summarize it. So basically, we know Peloton has these live cycling and running classes, and they're all performed to playlists. So the National Music Publishers Association claimed that because Peloton classes can be streamed on bikes, treadmills, mobile apps, all those things, it did not have the sufficient licensing to broadcast the music over the air. I guess they're saying 
saying that their like license they have doesn't cover it. So they want Peloton to get a license that's more expansive, like covers more music, but it's also more expensive. So Peloton has been kind of fighting the National Music Publishers Association. So in the countersuit, Peloton argued that Um, The NMPA's lawsuit was itself violating federal antitrust laws by conspiring to, quote, fix prices and to engage in a concerted refusal to deal with Peloton. So that was their counter lawsuit to the initial NMPA lawsuit. So even though Peloton, that was their argument, it didn't hold up. A judge dismissed the case this week. So it said that Peloton did say that they're still going to continue to challenge the decision and they disagree with it and they're still going to look for ways to um, contest this argument. So we'll see what happens there. Also, if you do have a Peloton, you may have noticed that some classes or some things offered that were offered before aren't now. And it's because of this. When it comes to the music, it kind of did affect some of their classes classes and lineup. So onto our working girl topic of the week. This is something that I really like, I did not plan on talking about this. I have a huge like list of content and ideas for the podcast that I go through each week and select for shows. And this week, last minute, I decided to change it up. I, am I crazy? I just feel like this week, especially it was just crazy. It was exhausting. There was a lot of crazy news and a lot of just like sad stuff going on. So I was like, I need to get motivated. Like what does the working girl need right now? And it's officially the end of January. We've been hitting the first of the year hard and life just goes by so fast. And it's just, it's a crazy time. So I thought, okay, let's just go back to the basics. And a lot of the time when we are feeling a little fed up, exhausted, we're so busy doing all these things, we want to give up. So we're talking about when you, that feeling of when you want to give up, don't, and how to persist through that. And something I always notice when I look at successful people, it's that ability to not give up when times are hard or times are exhausting and um, finding that meaning beyond that. So you don't have that desire to give up. And this show is all about leveling up, taking action, getting inspired. But sometimes after working so hard, you may ask yourself, is this worth it? What am I doing? What am I working so hard for? And then maybe once you get there, once you've reached that goal, you're not as excited as you thought you'd be. So I saw a quote this week on Instagram that said, stop being ashamed for how many times you've fallen and start being proud of how many times you've gotten up. The Mayfair group posted that. So, and if you haven't listened to my episode with Sam, the founder and CEO, definitely go check that out. So I I really, that quote really struck me. And how, how many times do we focus on all the things we've done wrong or haven't done yet? And then we haven't even looked at all the things that have gone right and all the things we've accomplished. So I think that's the exact mindset that we need. I mean, we are working so hard on a project or we have all these goals at work, on our side hustle, our business, whatever it may be in school, in your family. We may get blindsided, as I said, about things that we haven't done right, we haven't done yet, the piling to-do list. Maybe you didn't do a specific thing you thought you were going to do or reach a goal or a milestone. And it can be daunting. And that's when you do ask yourself, is it worth it? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? So how can we overcome this scenario? Focus on what's gone right, exactly like that quote says. So focus on the stuff that makes you proud, like that you've persevered through and specifically pick something specific to hold on to. So a personal example, a podcast is a lot of work and I know everyone's doing one these days and I, they, everyone makes it look so easy, but from personal experience, 
it is a lot of work for me to wake up at 4 a.m. outside of my full-time job to do this and for free, all of this and edit and interview and line all this stuff up. It's a lot of hard work. And because you can't directly see the impact a lot of the time, because it is a podcast, you don't regularly see or talk to the people listening. That's why social media is so great, but you don't. I'm in a room alone talking to a microphone. (laughs) So you don't see that and you're kind of like, is anyone out there? Why do I get up at 4am to do this? But one, remembering why I started, like the passion for this project, why I started it really keeps you going. And I think that's something that when you do run across these feelings of like, what am I doing? Is this even worth it? Going back to that why, that passion on what originally made you do it. Like, why are you doing something for free? Why are you working on this side project? Why are you working this extra hard at work at school and your family? Like, what's this for? Why did you start in the first place? Finding that passion again and really going back to that mission statement of originally what made you start this endeavor. Two, the second part of this is I have a specific message saved from a girl that sent me a direct message when I was first starting the podcast. I had a few episodes out and I was kind of feeling that way. Like, man, is this even good? (laughs) And there's always room to improve for sure. But I have a message saved from a girl that it was just a simple message. Like, I really loved what your show was about today. I really needed to hear that. And that for, for someone that makes content is like huge. Like, oh, it's just that validation of like, oh, like at least it reached one person. So having a memory or a moment or something like that to hold on to is huge when it comes to conquering that why am I doing this? What am I doing this for feeling? So go back, whatever project or hustle, job, situation, goal you're applying this to, go back and think about it in your memory. Maybe look through your notes. It could be something physical and look back and find something that like, oh, this is why I'm doing it. Like that actual physical reminder, whether it's a memory, write it down, have it, scribble it out in a journal, have it there so you can look back on it. And it kind of reignites that passion and allows you to remember why you started in the first place when maybe it's hard to do on your own. And I think it's important to linger on that why for a bit when that question does come to mind of what am I doing this for? Why am I doing it? And you don't have a clear answer. You do need to find one or it's time to move on to a different project or goal. Some goals and plans were maybe set for the wrong reasons or even become obsolete as life changes and goes on. If the passion is gone, if your why is actually gone, your project or goal isn't serving you or others, and maybe it's time to move on to the next one too. So if you are having that feeling, like the first part I was talking about is a great way to persevere, but it's also a good reality check too, that is this serving me anymore? Am I serving other people? Maybe my efforts and time are better spent somewhere else. So I think it's good to kind of do that reality check as well if you are having trouble figuring out and remembering what that why is. And it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy like, oh yeah, well, I like to do this because I want to reach out to other people and teach people. Like, cool. Like you have to kind of sit with that for a sec too. I'm not saying just abandon everything entirely, but it's also kind of like, well, I started this for this specific reason, but am I really doing that? Is there another way I can accomplish that goal and looking for ways to do that as well. So the last part of this would be that scenario I mentioned at the beginning where once you do reach your goal, you get there, you made it to the top of the mountain and you're not as excited as you thought you'd be, or even a little disappointed after like you're in that moment, like, Oh yeah, I did it. And then immediately it's kind of like, eh, like 
disappointment, depressed. You're just not as excited as you thought you'd be. I once heard this referenced as astronaut syndrome on the podcast called The Skinny Confidential. And it's this phenomenon that astronauts can experience when they've been in space, they've been to the moon, that they've already been to the moon. So when they come back, they get depressed because it's like, I've done it all. I've been outside this world. Like there's nothing else for me to conquer on this world. Like what am I supposed to do? So the work is done, the dream is done and they fall into a little bit of a depression and like a state of like, what am I doing? They're not as excited about accomplishing their goal as maybe you think they'd be. And some people do experience this. A lot of people do after reaching a major goal in their business, getting that promotion, running that marathon you've been training for. And it's just that act of you already completed the goal. What's next? And because as humans, we don't like to be sitting there stagnant. We do like to be working towards something. So it's kind of funny. We're always like, oh, like once I get to that goal, I'll be set. But really the moment you're in now working for it is the best moment. <laughs> so it's kind of funny how that works. But a way to conquer this is just to keep challenging yourself very simply to not let yourself kind of sit in that. Well, guess I'm good now and just sit there. Like there's always something to learn. So keeping that mindset of being curious and wanting to learn things. And this is the it, this is something that can actually bring you peace of mind too, because this is the exact reason that it's okay to not be hitting all of your goals all the time and all of your dreams that same day. Because sometimes we're still like, no, 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 like, oh, I want to do this right now. And I can't believe I'm not there yet. But this, it can be a good thing too for your goals to take a long time because then you really appreciate it once you get there and you kind of enjoyed that experience building up to it. So you need time to prepare and enjoy the journey working for it too. So having that mindset to step outside yourself for a bit to enjoy the journey because today is the only time you have, so you might as well enjoy it. I read a great blog post about this phenomenon from Kate Lack, and she said that something that can help get you out of this and prevent this prevent this feeling once you accomplish a goal is digging deep into that why, as we talked about earlier, but making it about others. So she gave the example of instead of setting the goal that um, an author wanted to reach number one on the bestseller list, which he did and got depressed, what if he would have framed his pursuit in terms of an overall purpose? Like for example, to take his message and reach the largest possible audience, which actually does make it a little more broad, but it gives you a chance to work on that for a lot longer and dive into way more possibilities. So it's almost like his number one goal should have been to take his message and reach the largest possible audience. And that number one on the bestseller list just could have been a part of that. But another part of that would have been meet and greets, conventions, talking to people, book reads, social media, all these other things that could help that higher purpose that had a higher purpose of helping people. So I think that, which is funny because we're always talking and I'm always talking about, oh, really specific goals. But I think it's good to have that overarching mission that's a little more broad so you can keep adding goals within that too. And that can help you to keep that fire going and to not feel like, oh, I've already done everything I need to do and also make you feel better because you're helping people in the process. So adding that service element to it as well. So as I'm winding this down, in the words of the great Kris Jenner, you're doing amazing, sweetie. (laughs) In case no one's told you today, you're doing great. Whatever capacity you're at right now, start from where you're at 
and just go from there and enjoy the journey. And if you're listening to this show, that means you're already taking action. You're already on the right track. So you're doing a great job. Thank you so much for listening to Working Girl Talk today. The things you're pursuing matter and you matter. What you're passionate about matters too. I'll leave you with my Friday favorite this week. My Friday favorite this week, which we're just keeping it on that motivational train, is a quote, you are one decision away from a completely different life, which I saw that also on the Mayford Group's Instagram. But it's funny, my mom has always said something very similar to that, and it's very true. Um, and on the long, along the lines of that, one um, there's this inspirational speaker, I actually don't remember what his name is, but my husband listens to him and he said like where you're like one thing that he's really passionate about. He said where you're at today at one time in your life, you made an appointment to be where you are right now today. One decision you make today could set a trajectory to put you where you want to be later on in life. So make an appointment for yourself in a few years to be where you want to be by taking action right now. So I kind of, I like that. So hopefully that leaves you on a good motivational note as we end this month out. Hope you've had a great January. Super excited. We're getting into some of our awesome guests. I have great interviews lined up and some great shows for you coming up. As always, please let me know via Instagram. If you have any topics you want covered on the show or people that you want working girl talk to chat to and remember to rate review subscribe all those good things share with a friend we love those reviews i love seeing everything you guys have to say and thank you so much i'll talk to you next week